Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's an Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. And folks, you're lucky there's a podcast at all. We, uh, minutes before we started, Earthquake. With me as always, and Survivor, DJ Mark. What's up? Survived. Also with me, a man even closer to the Earthquake. How is he alive? Kid Presentable. Yeah, my dog uh, got knocked out of his bed, but uh, he's doing okay. Yeah, and well, a man... Who- Sorry. We really did survive some shit, man. I'm and a man, 3,000 miles away, who nothing happened at all. I mean, he's, he's acting like he survived some shit here. He just living. Lavender Gooms. I, I don't see what the big deal is. You said it was a 4.2. Like, that's not even halfway to 10. Like, what are you guys bitching about? I think it, 10, like, the earth splits open yeah. and we all go to hell, right? So, I mean, like, the, the, your barometer. It also, really it also does not, it goes up exponentially. Like it's uh, you know, it's not. Once you get to like here's, six, you got. Here's what I saw from Stefan's computer screen. Just a little, just a little movement. A I little saw movement. Mar- I saw Mark's move, and then my own shit moved. It was nice, guys. You guys, you guys missed out. Where first Stefan said, "Whoa, earthquake," and then Mark goes, "Oh, I felt it," and I'm like, "Oh, all right." <laughs> to be fair, and, Mark, you're, you're you're pretty astute. It was it was just a little jumble, and it wasn't anything crazy. But when you're not expecting it, when God's giving you a shake. You listen. Let me tell you what uh, what my nightmare is, because uh, it's happened before to a lesser degree with a smaller earthquake. Being on the can when there's an earthquake, that is the that is the nightmare right there. All right, a big I will one? tell you that actually did happen to me when I was in Japan. Was it a big I, one? I was at work, mm-hmm. and my floor was about thirty floors up, mm-hmm. and I was on the shitter as I would do like five to six times a day when I was working uh, from Japan. And yeah, that building shook like a motherfucker. It was at least a five a five point oh. I think I've asked all my friends before, like when you're at work, do you ever go to the bathroom sometimes and you don't really gotta go? But maybe you want to just play a game on your phone. Maybe you just need a break from your coworkers. Sometimes you just go in the bathroom and it's sit not, down for a breather. It's not fair that those smokers get to go whatever they want. Oh, I have to have my cigarette now, but I don't have a vice like that. So not that, regular, regular yeah. listeners of the podcast are piecing together Mike saying five to six times with this man brought up butt cancer last week and are having all sorts of questions about Mike's diet. Anyway, <laughs> oh, it, it's not it's not everything about the diet. It's that, yo, it's like fully secluded stalls in Japan. So it's like, yo, you could really chill out there. Like there's fragrances. It's nice and deodorized. I was going to say, chill out in there, man. Like having an earthquake when you're on the toilet is like the safest place you can be. You have a nice fresh source of water with your debates and what have you and heats seeking the uh, toilet. I mean, you're you're good. You're set there. Wait, let's let's be very clear on something. I never use public bidets. All right. That's disgusting. So you did tell us not to do that. It did not stop me from trying, but <laughs> guys, I don't know if anybody else had three minutes and forty seconds for this podcast to devolve into poop talk, but here we there's, are. There's been a lot of ass play on the podcast the last two weeks. Oh, that's those. That's not the word I would use to describe it. Um, all right, boys and girls, um, I'm just gonna go into the news, and 
you know, we'll take it from there. So earlier today, the UFC announced that we have a heavyweight title fight booked. Does it include John Jones? Of course not. He wants money. But does it include the champion, Francis Ngannou? No. Also does not. Francis Ngannou would like to enjoy his summer. Cannot work. It says he cannot fight in August or June. Says I can't. I, I he's will. He said I I will. I accept the fight in September. The UFC though, they promised ESPN some pay per views, and let me tell you, they they need people to buy these pay per views. So uh, they think just putting two other heavyweights for an interim title is the way to go. So we got the winner of this past Saturday's main event, um, Cyril Gone, a man who I and Kid Presentable correctly predicted predicted in a one sided victory. I think. Probably over uh, Alexei Volkov taking on Black Beast himself, Derek Lewis, in Houston, Texas. Black Beast's hometown. Swanging and banging. Um, the champ wasn't thrilled with the news, saying, uh, his manager saying, this comes as a complete shock to make an interim title so soon. If you look at the history of this division, it comes as a surprise. We hope to get clarity and figure out something with the UFC soon. So, anyway. Man won the title four months ago? Maybe? Wasn't even that long ago. March? Was it January or February? It was beginning of the year. I was going to say March or February, probably. Um, Ariel Hawani uh, reporting what I don't necessarily think this man would report uh, if he still worked for ESPN. Regarding today's interim news, you'd be shocked how often they threaten this and uh, and or how, how often they threaten to strip. Uh, and while most of the criticism has been d- directed towards Dana White, he's the face after all, it's really be the, been the MO of Hunter Campbell since he took over. For those that don't know, Hunter Campbell is the UFC's chief business officer. He took over shortly after the sale. He does most, if not all, the deals these days. Some love him. Um... So but, is, is he the new Joe Silva? One second. No, the matchmakers, uh, Mick Maynard and Sean Shelby. Oh. Some love him. He's at, he's a lot more like Dana Lorenzo in that he isn't emotional, but he also threatens to strip constantly. Campbell is the quote-unquote lawyer White often refers to. Hardly ever mentions him by name. Not sure why. He's way more valuable to the UFC than just being a lawyer. In fact, I'd argue he's the third most important person in the company behind Ari and Dana White. Again, he does all the big deals. Basically, uh, he's the UFC's general manager. Would be the way of putting it in terms of a sports team. Um, I mean, Steph? I'm just, uh, I, I, I'm just gonna say this. I don't care. I mean, you know how I feel about internet or internet, <laughs> uh, interim, uh, interim titles. Like, it's just so diluting of the product. Like, you know, you, you let off with it. We're, we're going to um, get ahead of our main topic or would have been main topic, but probably not because who really cared about that last event that happened? Um, gone one decisively, but is anyone impressed? Is anyone chomping at the bit to see what he does next? We like Derek Lewis. Did he really deserve a title shot? Does he really deserve? Basically, I come out of this with neither of these guys get to deserve to be called champion at the end of the night, and one of them will be. Um it's it's dumb, but UFC's kind of been doing this for a couple of years now. Yeah, Mark, you got to think they just don't have the champions available to fill that card, right? Yeah, I mean, it's I guess it's weird in a world where like Kane Velasquez was gone for like multiple years, and it seemed like they were back then very much more hesitant. When, to when throw. did when did Stipe beat fucking DC? 
last like August? How long did it take for him to defend the belt? Yeah, there's you know been I mean? a lot of yeah. <laughs> heavyweight champions that have been, you know, very irregular with their activities and, and not defending as, as often as I'm sure the promotion would like and as fans, you know, we would like to see them in there a little bit more often. It's weird that I don't know. I don't think they said why Francis couldn't make the August date. Right. You didn't. I mean, he's not injured or anything like that. So <laughs> he had another engagement that was just more important than defending the belt, I suppose. I, I would imagine that it was a power play that he was hoping that they could work out things with John Jones. He could fight John Jones for a big payday, you know, win that fight and then, you know, have a nice lucrative contract to go forward from there. Um, that obviously probably wasn't the case. And I think it's more business as usual, like you were saying first, Bobby Wars, like they probably told their investors and what have you that they were planning a big heavyweight championship fight for August, right? It is August. August 7th is going to be there. This yeah, event I mean, they're going, they're, I don't know when was the last time they were in town. Where, where are they? Where are these pay-per-views taking place? The last one? That was Phoenix, right? Yeah. The one before mm-hmm. that was Vegas. Yeah. yeah. And this mm-hmm. one coming up is, no, that wasn't Vegas. The first one, it was Florida. The first the Florida, one. Then. then it was fucking Izzy's, Phoenix. Izzy's was in Phoenix, yeah. And then this one next weekend is Connor's the first one in Vegas. So okay. I think them going to um them going to Texas is a big deal, I guess, and I don't know. Sure. And I mean, I, I think mean, Derek Lewis is a big part of that, right? He's kind of the I mean, I think Francis it, he in, in and of himself being the heavyweight champion and being as exciting as he is is a huge draw by You know what, man, them, you know what, man? Some of the pay-per-views, the guys on the card sell them, the other ones the three letters sell, sell them. And this is a pay-per-view that sure. the three letters are going to sell the card. Well, the three letters are going to sell the card for the next year because everyone's been in quarantine and people are just anxious to go out and see anything happen, let alone, you know, mm. top athletes fight in a cage. Um I don't hate the match itself. I think it's intriguing, um, but I don't think it necessarily needed a belt on the line. I think they, I think they could have headlined this card with those two fighting and just saying it's an M one contenders fight. But I'm sure they've done the logistics and be like, we've done this pony show before, and if we throw a belt on there, we're gonna get like ten thousand more buys. So let's just throw the let's just throw a belt out there and have it be that. But you know, I, in my eyes, it's a number one contenders fight. Um, you know, they're going to get some hardware for it. The the combatants are going to get a higher paycheck. So I'm not hating that for Derek Lewis. And, and you know, to, to go back on Gane's last performance, you know, I what's I think frustrating for him being contender is not that he hasn't fought good opposition and has won. You know, as, as a young prospect, you have to fight these guys that are in the top 10 and win. And that's usually the hardest hurdle for them to do it. We just haven't learned a lot more. Uh, when he beat Rosenstrike, we knew like, okay, this guy's super technical and he can control the fight and pick the guys apart and wins decisions. And that's pretty much what happened in the Alexander fight. So it's like, okay, he fought a more technical fighter and also out-teched him. That's impressive, but we don't know what's his ground games like. How does he defend takedowns? We got uh, apparently uh, Francis would like to go home. There's, you know, been this thing for the last 18 months happening. Well, in, 15 uh, months. On camera? In the world. He'd like to go home to see his family. Oh. He just, yeah. he, you know, he'd like to. Man's been, man waited patiently f- for DC and Stipe, for uh, DC and Stipe and the trilogy. None of his th- four or five destructions of the other heavyweights was an interim title fight. Mike? So, I think, I have a slightly, I think, different take than you guys where, I think maybe you guys' thought process is that he's being punished in, in an aspect for you know not wanting to fight in in July or August, but 
this is the UFC's mo. You know, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a punishment. I think the UFC has got this date on the calendar, and they need someone to fill it. Yeah. And if he can't do it, they're going to make up a title and do it. I don't even and, think it's I don't even think it's even like a malicious thing. They're like, yeah, okay, and, somebody and, else and go out there. They don't still, care about he, him. He's still champ. Um, Francis, you want to go home and see your family, and I think it's justified. Um, he's probably spent God, you know, over a year and a half, probably stuck in the United States. I would assume because of COVID. Um, from right, he has family. I think either in France or in Cameroon. Yeah, he's going to yeah. Cameroon. Go, go see them. Um, you can fight whoever the interim champ is going to be in four to five months. I, I would assume. You know what's going to happen, Steph? Now that they've done this. They're going to work out the John Jones fight. So then John Jones is going to get the first crack at Francis Ngannou when Francis comes back. And then we're going to be sitting there with the first defense of that title having to be against Cyril Gaon or something. That's the dream right there. The UFC is putting together. I mean, I is it? Like, who, who was it? Was it Tony Ferguson or Colby? There was someone whose interim belt was just completely dissolved. And I think it was we Tony. Heard, it was to- we like pretended <laughs> no, it never happened. It just yeah. didn't matter in his next fight that he won an interim well, it, at some it, point. Like, it happened. To, it happened to Colby as well. No, Colby. Colby got stripped because Colby. Colby got a title shot. Still, they didn't make him fight. He they wasn't IC. Him. He wasn't IC when he fought for the title. Who gives a shit? It was his next fight. <laughs> it doesn't See, matter. But like, ultimately, that's my problem with the, the, these IC belts. Is an IC belt to me should only exist if that in turn gets defended. I've never seen an interim belt get defended. It always either becomes uh, dissolved or it just leads, as Mark said, a number one contender match, and he just inevitably fights. The cra- I've never seen anyone defend the an interim belt, and which says for none of them have really ever Did, been uh, a proper interim uh, belt. Hennen Burrell was a true... Actually, Hennen defended it a couple times because they didn't know when, these, uh, when Dominic was coming back. I was going to ask, did... Uh... What happened when Brock had the diverticulitis? There was an interim title, but nobody defended it, right? Fuckers just lost it. Was Frank yeah, Mir? Shane, Car- I don't Shane remember. Carwin, that was a long time ago. Shane, Car- Shane Carwin won the IC. DC would be the other one. Then I don't know he what's- fought Brock next. Did DC ever hold the interim title when John Jones was on all the steroids? No. By the way, did anybody else see the video of Anthony Smith talking about how like John Jones failed every drug test leading up to their fight, and like Usada kept saying, "Oh, he was." Some sort of pulsing is, picograms or some shit. Is, is that what John Jones was talking shit about over the weekend? I thought what, he was talking shit about DC again. Was he talking about Anthony's? Oh, yeah, because Anthony... Man, the UFC moved a card one time so John Jones could still fight. I just want to point that out there, okay? No, you guys. John Jones has never tested positive for anything. It's just in his blood that he always kind of radiates a lot of what seem like failed tests. But that's yeah. just who he is. That's natural is, for him. What is he, a super saiyan, just like emanating golden flames? But in his case, is picograms. Um, did anything else happen on this card? Like, of any significance? I don't want to dismiss the whole thing uh, wholeheartedly, uh- but... OSP this shit started like it started like at like 3 p.m. OSP, OSP went lost. up to heavyweight and and didn't do great. So that's the only thing I know. <laughs> was it supposed to be heavyweight the whole time, or was it like a late notice type thing for? No, I think it was heavyweight the whole. I think this was one of those like I need to make a dynamic shift in my career and going up or down a weight class might do that for me, and it did not. He got knocked out in the second round. Um, I didn't see that fight. I only watched the main event and. Again, it was one. Of, it, was a, it was a good performance. You know, he got a much needed win. It was just at this point, the criticism of Gone is that he's extremely technical. But like, dude can't bust a grape. Uh, he was, was knocking people. Was he knocking people out like two fights ago? Like the last couple, he's gone to decision. Doesn't he have a bunch I mean, of knockouts? I, he got a bunch of he got a bunch of submissions. 
And he also went for takedowns in this fight, which I was like, Alex, that's what you're supposed to do to this guy, not him to you, you idiot. I mean, he knocked out Junior. He got, he got, he's gotten a bunch of uh, submissions, but are they submissions as a result of him knocking the guy down? And then just I mean, my man got a heel hook. So okay, then no, <laughs> no, that's that's a no. Then look, it's gonna be five rounds of this guy fighting technically while Derek Lewis tries to knock his head off. Right? That's what this fight is. Yeah. Well, I hope Derek Lewis wins. I like Derek Lewis. Not that I don't like Cyril Gone. I just Derek Lewis winning and winning early would be ideal. I mean, speaking of Derek Lewis, it's, it's a little flash, but the last I had heard from him, I shared it with you, Bob, uh, as soon as I read it, was uh, Derek Lewis when he caught someone trying to steal his car, and he knocked that man out. And yep. the man was knocked out until the cops arrived. That is Derek Lewis is taking care of business, man. Um, Bellator, by the way, has got himself a interim heavyweight champion. Just pointing that out. And it's another uh, Fedor prodigy fedor is just taking over bellator that's happening isn't it isn't it kind of weird to hear of an interim champion in a promotion outside of the ufc i mean bellator just like champions just get cut wholeheartedly i have a question who is the heavyweight champion of bellator if it's not is it ryan bader ryan bader's busy ryan bader's busy well, you why got, isn't the light heavyweight guy who annihilated him being like, I'll take your other belt too then? He should. Well, now his teammates got the yeah, other one. Okay, now they're sharing it. They both know they can beat Bader. Um, Miles Jury is still, still fighting. He lost. Um, oh. Liz Carmouche got a win. She's going to be the number one contender for their 125-pound title. I forgot their champion's name because she beat the one I knew. She beat Elena May McFarland, um, who was really good. But is that the uh, uh wine lady? Yeah. That was um Yeah. Okay. Uh I have something else about Bellator and Lost Matrena Soft that we can all just Oh yeah, Fedor. Bellator's going to Russia. Fedor is gonna fight. Um Mark, I got mm-hmm. someone in mind for an opponent. Mm-hmm. Do you have anybody in mind? Who are you thinking? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My uh my boy Reem. Could, could potentially take. Oh, that you're fight. going Reem. Okay. He wanted that fight. Um, Ariel interviewed him after uh, he announced that he signed with the Glory, um, and they're talking about you know him fighting Batahari, him fighting um, who's their champion right now? Rico. Rico. Um, and Rico's good would fuck up over him. By the way, yeah, I, I mean I don't Glory. I don't think is really like the best spot for him. But in, in that interview. Uh, Errol did ask him if like the door was shut on MMA and he said like no his contract with the glory allows him to still fight MMA and they said if there's one fight you still want and I was kind of, personally I was like oh Josh Barnett say Josh Barnett no one gives a shit about Josh Barnett anymore but he's like I want to fight Fedor still so I was like okay you know and then when this got brought up I was like well you know that's possible I don't really know who so else you're, so, so you're thinking there, but... uh, you'd like um, Reem in there. Staff, you have any, you have a preference? Well, real quick, Bob, you might be able to correct me because you kind of loosely. Am I incorrect? I s- could have sworn I saw something about Josh Barnett like fighting Jay White in New Japan. Like, am I wrong about? It? I felt like I saw something about Josh Barnett. Well, Josh Barnett's New Josh Japan Barnett's wrestling. wrestling thing. Josh yeah. Barnett was a commentator for New Japan too, and there was like a weird fake heat thing with him and Jay White. But he did just wrestle uh, Moxley a few months ago. And they have that whole um, blood sport thing they do where there's no ropes. They make it look like blood sport. And then they just work real stiff and everybody bleeds. It was mm. great. They beat the fuck out of each other. Uh, um, when, you thinking, you say, when you say Jay White, I, I'm not mishearing. It's not like Michael Jai White, right? No, no Jay, Jay White. White is okay. a New Zealand pro wrestler. He's the leader of the Bullet Club. 
in uh, New Japan. He's uh, he kind of went into Kenny Omega's like foreign heel like top guy slot yeah. once uh, Kenny went to AEW. Um, that said, back to the Fedor thing. Um, I didn't, honestly hadn't put much thought into who I would I like mean, to that- see him fight. I was think just in, honestly off the top of my head before Mark mentioned Reem, I was like, what aging legend did the UFC recently cut in the last year or two that Fedor could fight? Because really, it's any, any there's one, one that sticks guys. out. Like um, there's one of them. He just beat up a Mexican in Mexico. There's an answer here. I think they're not, they're forgetting. Uh, go for it, Bob. I, I don't got Anderson it Silva. Um, All right, go get Anderson Silva. I know Anderson doesn't want to fight MMA. You tell Anderson he can show up at 210 pounds? No, 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 no. That's not happening. Anderson Silva is going to be making mega bucks fighting bums in boxing now, all right? He he beat Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., all right? From there, he's going to fight a Paul brother, maybe Roy Jones, get himself 10 mil. Here's the thing, though, right now. He can do that, too. This is showtime, right? That's who was running Bellator right now, basically. He can box. He can do MMA. Fedor might want to box. They could just call it a boxing match. Fedor will say yes to that. He doesn't care. What does Fedor do that he's... Well, last time Fedor put a Kimura on somebody. Well, he just I mean, throws submissions. Like, look at yeah. his record. He beats yeah. all... Well, he well, gets yeah. yeah. on his head and gets a Kimura. Well, like, Fedor, well, that was Fedor 10 years ago. What Fedor does in this day and age now is fight dudes in Russia so that, you know, he could fix the fights. Didn't Fedor I, I, know, I will say, I think Bob is right. I, having watched la- the last three Fedor fights of his career, I feel like all he does is spam the overhand right. Yeah. Um, a, a full body lunging overhand right. And that potato body carries a lot of momentum. So that, you know, he could box with that. Um, last last Fedor fight I saw in Russia. I got two words for you. Fabio Maldonado. Okay. Fedor's last fight was when he beat up Fat Rampage. Um yeah. Anybody remember? Anybody know the last time Fedor got a submission victory? Don't tell me it was, was it Kevin Randleman? No, no, it wasn't that long ago. Okay. <laughs> the uh, promotion yeah, does not exist anymore. For Elite XE? No. See, I, don't think he, I don't think he fought for Elite XE. It was Strike Force that he was in. Oh. <laughs> it was before that. He got <laughs> it, was Tim, it was Tim Sylvia yeah. in Affliction. Oh, my God. That was the last time Fedor was tapped somebody out. Josh Barnett's not a bad pick either. Josh Barnett wants this fight. It didn't did JDS get cut too? Yeah, Junior got cut. That's what I thought when you were saying like someone who just got cut from the UCL. I was thinking heavyweight. I, honestly, I, I immediately thought they can do Anderson versus Fedor, and I think they could just make it a like. What does Fedor weigh? Two twenty? I, I think that'd be a great get. I don't think it's happening. <laughs> honestly, yeah, BJ I, Penn, I BJ Penn would say yes too. BJ Penn would say yes. You know that too. Oh, but you keep digging lower into the weight classes. Like, have you got? Have you seen what the way belt? Where's Rudy Bears? That's what Bellator's gonna book. Bobby, oh. who's paying BJ Penn to fight? All you have to do is go to the bar he's at. In fairness, apparently you give BJ Penn a fucking Heineken and he'll fight anybody. <laughs> the right yeah. bar. Um. Okay. Um. That was the news. Like, I don't got anything else. No uh, if you news. want, if you want some warm and cuddly stuff, uh, there was a report that came out today that. Conor McGregor is paying for like I guess a whole Irish team's like travel and like expenses for. We got some... the receipts on that. Do I have the receipts on it? No, we I'm got not. Receipts. I'm not Conor says he'd be paying a lot of things, and well, then later paid, it's he, like he still paid my that donation too. did not come through. What is going on? He, he ended up paying that too. for the good fight. You know, he had to he get called into it. it but... All I'm saying is this man will write checks that. You know, I'm just saying if, uh, if Conor asking, well, where, where's the money going? And you, and then not having a good answer. I'm gonna defend it a little bit. All right, I'm just. I'm just saying the man will say I'm gonna pay for some shit, and then later it's but like, oh, he didn't see, pay for in this case. Valid reasons or not, I need to see receipts until I get. All right. Well, you see, in this case, when 
Connor asked, where's the money going? And the guy was like, yo, it's going to these kids. He was like, all right, cool. Yo, here's some money. Here's some bread. Whatever, whatever the yeah, fuck he, he's saying. It's, it's, it's something like he's hands. sending he's sending like 25, 30 people for some amateur 12 to 16 MMA competition with their coaches. The whole That's Irish it. team. That's pretty cool. It's awesome. Um, Once I get also, the receipt, I'll give him all the props. But until then, it is all hyperbole. Well, they they're they're probably, him already. He, he probably he probably is like flying them like coach as well. So that's I mean, not, yeah, look look, you you picking up the 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 check, you know, you crazy. You don't gonna go crazy, yeah. But probably pay for like a train fare. before probably, I give him. He probably isn't even flying them. It's it's like before by train. He gets the credit. You gotta pay the bill Jeez. because everyone's very generous before that bill comes. Oh, I'll pick up this and I'll pick up that. I'm throwing money everywhere, but once that bill comes and you gotta put that card down, that's where the real man shows up. And until you that see, happens, you see a true expert. They put the card down, but they make sure it's a credit card rather than a debit card because you can more easily dispute mm -hmm. a credit card mm -hmm. bill. Like, Mike's known. He's giving some phony credit card. This is a fraudulent <laughs> purchase. You know, like 10 days later, get your money back. Like, what? Tune in next week team? for more additional financial scams. Hey, by hey, Mike, hey, Mike, what industry do you work in? The, don't worry about that. Mike, what just industry start, do you work in? Don't, don't worry about it. Okay. All right. Just, just Mike, say it. Let's just say what? he's got the inside scoop. He knows how it's played. <laughs> and you know Connor's going to be like, what? You thought I was going to pay for a whole team to get flat? No, no, that's fraudulent, man. That's not what I yeah, do. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll buy your dinner on the flight. You get to the plane. I'll get you that, you know, Salisbury steak. That's on Connor. Um, all right. Um, yeah. There's nothing going on, guys. Let me tell you. Uh, Ariel's taking a month off. Fucking uh, Ben folks. No podcast this week. We're here for you. Sure, it's about 25 minutes of MMA talk. Half of that was poop talk. Look, it's, sun time. It's, it's summertime. The world's on fire once more. World's opening up. People going outside. We got other things to do besides watch MMA, Yo, Bob. That, really, that is really true. Yo. Um, well, when that event started at 3 o'clock on Saturday, I was an hour into a two-hour bottomless brunch. It was amazing. Ooh, that sounds good, Mike. <laughs> it really was. It was, it was it was stupendous. You have those mimosas, those flowers. I had mimosas. I had bellinis. I had margaritas. I had red sangria. I had white sangria. Hold on. I'm amazed Did I didn't throw up. I was going to say, Mike, who were you with? I was with a friend from work. Well, okay. ex-colleague from work. Did you but ask them for all the eggs and bacon they have? I did not. The one thing that did suck was that while it was also like bottomless food as well, it was tapas style and you didn't get to choose. It was mm. kind of like at a Brazilian barbecue place where they just bring out Mexican food. And oh, so that, this, thank you. I'll take that's it. what I was going to ask you, Mike. Was there a make your own omelet bar? Because that's was, real class. There was not a make your no. own omelet bar. That's not real class. The Embassy Suites has a, has a make your Bobby. own omelet bar. Bobby, <laughs> you get to tell a cook exactly what you want on your omelet. That is class right that's there. A, he doesn't a, get a pick for you. You got to say, if you want to say know. only I, eggs I, I and bacon. I disagree with you on that one. No. I no. was going to say, that is just one level up from the fucking free holiday and breakfast yeah, that give true. you the fucking scrambled eggs that no, are made of no, powder. I, I'm with Mark. I, I, I don't like mm -hmm. this idea that the chef is just going to give me what he wants to and, <laughs> and now I'm going to pay for that. That sushi thing is like, I'm going to give you six cuts of fish. You know, I'm not going to tell you what your fish is. I, I don't care what your favorite fish is. These are the six pieces I decided to give you. I'm a five-star chef. In a, world, hell. <laughs> in a world of madness, the make-your-own-omelet chef is someplace that we all have control over. It's the peak of class. The make-your-own-omelet <laughs> that is that is some zen shit you just said right there, mm -hmm. Mark. All right. Um, did anybody, and since I'm going to mention it real quickly, depending on if everybody else saw this, did anybody else watch Gervonta Davis move up to two weight classes 
to uh, to fight a guy named Mario Barrios. So I saw I saw I saw enough on Instagram of Javante Davis whooping that guy's ass. It wasn't highlights. Uh, honestly, it was really good. Like if you can find a way to watch that, I'm not a big I'm not a giant boxing fan. The first like four or five rounds was just okay. This guy's real. Like the guy was huge compared to Davis. I think they're fighting at 140, and I think Davis normally fights at 130. I think that's roughly what I'm talking about here. Um, and Davis has got all sorts of issues personally, but um, that man, whoo, he was he was he was committed to getting that knockout. And Floyd was not in his corner, but also between rounds, running over to his corner, telling him whether he won or lost the round, and talking over the guy's corner. It was very weird. Um, but uh, I was. I don't know. It was nice to watch high level boxing after watching some nonsense these past few times I've watched. Um, and um, Lomachenko got back on track. I watched that one. Was it good? I heard he really did his. He yeah, did all the stuff, man. I, I really. Had, I heard of this other Japanese guy because he was the not Inoue guy. I was kind of like following because I think he only lost like one or two. Um, yeah, it was not a good uh, performance from him. But what was the other guy's name? Because I've heard it. Lam- Lomachenko? Yeah. Like, he's really good. You know, he's a great southpaw. And yeah, and this was a good fight. He he, he finished him in like late. Like, yeah, he needed to come back from uh, when he lost his strap to uh, mm-hmm. Tio uh, Lopez. Yeah. yeah. I think they're going to fight again is what kind of with her. That sounds like a good one. Well, Tio got uh, got COVID. And he wasn't vaccinated and he was high risk. So very smart of him not to get a vaccine. Um, brilliant man. Um, but yeah, there was some good boxing on. Um, and I think I thought this weekend was bare knuckle Paige Van Zandt versus uh, Rachel Ostovich. No, we still got to look forward to that no, one. That's in a few weeks. Mark your calendars, folks, for exploitation at its fullest over at Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. They're they're really running some propaganda shit at Bare Knuckle because I watched some of that car before I fell asleep um, in half a drunken stupor on Saturday night. And one thing that stuck out was anytime they were advertising that fight, they were saying, you know, Paige Van Zandt and the much-awaited debut of Rachel Ostevich. Ain't nobody waiting for Rachel Ostevich's debut. That's she bullshit. She has family that needs this paycheck for their f- supplies. Um, what is Bare Knuckle Boxing aired on? I've never watched any it's of those. Fight, right? Fight You're TV? muted, Bob. You're muted, Bob. Sorry, what it's, on, is, yeah, it's, on, it's on Fight TV. That's true. Yeah. What is Fight TV? It's basically a hub that it very is much more popular, I think, in wrestling, independent wrestling, where it just kind of serves as a pay per view provider for really anybody who can get a any event you have going on. Mostly wrestling, now MMA and boxing too. It's for smaller promotions, really, to put on an event. Like, but now it got bought. It's really cool. I like it a lot. But then it got bought in the last Zone, right? month or two by a Triller. The Triller, Triller that was it. it. That was which it. honestly is not the worst idea for Triller. Who I'm, I said it before that pay per view, and I'm very confident about it now. They took a bath on that last one. Um, they need some consistent revenue, I think. Um, well, I told you this. I know this isn't your guys' world, but apparently, it, it's Triller's been behind all the online K-pop concerts. Um, mm, there's yeah. a lot of money in K-pop because these motherfuckers still buy CDs. You know, why are CDs yeah. still being made in the world? Because of K-pop. Yeah. So, um, I, 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 Mark and I ordered the first bare knuckle, maybe the first or second bare knuckle one on Fight TV. And, um, yeah, you can watch like, they have like Ring of Honor on there and you can watch, uh, AEW. If you don't want to watch commercials, you can buy it on there. If you have a VPN, that's how international people watch it. Um, anyway, um, I guess we can just 
This is okay, gonna be what like you guys our got? shortest episode ever. Honestly, you know what? I, I was going to say stuff we like, but I got something that actually really bothered me this week. And it's going to oh. sound dumb, but I feel Ooh. Mike is with me. WWE cut Tyler Breeze. Okay? Yeah. Okay. This is going to sound real dumb, but watching Tyler Breeze is a wrestler and he's on Up, Up, Down, Down, the video game channel run by another wrestler and WWE. Those guys playing Uno was it like a significant part of this pandemic like something for me to watch every week. And it's like I like I really that, that whole group of of Tyler Breeze, uh Austin Creed, Cesaro and uh Adam Cole, those four guys playing games together has really become very entertaining. It's one of those things on YouTube I don't miss. Like watch them play Mario Party, watch them pay, play uh, Monopoly, watch them play they played golf once I feel too. I could be wrong. They once played Risk. Risk. As well. Oh yeah, they played Risk. They were yeah, Tyler Breeze was too good at Risk, though. It was the problem. No, is, that, no, 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 no. is that that Tyler Breeze was too good at Risk? Is that the rest of them had never played Risk, it seemed like? That's fair also, yes. And um, it was nice. That, like, today they had um, they have a No Mercy tournament going. And Tyler, they still have taped content. So Tyler Breeze was on there. You know, I don't know. I just, I was reading I mean, they have a new question. president. What is really preventing them from continuing to participate in Up, Up, Down, Down? So here's the thing. I don't think there's anything stopping him if they want to, it, unless he goes and works for another wrestling company. I don't think they're going to have him on if he's working for AEW or New Japan or any of those other ones. Um, they intentionally, like when they play like the old video games, they intentionally would like not include, like they make, like, you know, when they play the old wrestling uh, Battle of the Brands. They'll play SmackDown vs. Raw and do drafts. And they had to like, and whenever somebody gets cut, they have to remove them from their rosters. Like when Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, you know, got cut, they essentially had to make fake wrestlers because they don't want to promote them. I don't get it. Like Chris Jericho is not blocked from all of it. They don't even want to acknowledge. WWE doesn't acknowledge that other wrestling companies exist. That's basically it. And they own the video game channel. So then, maybe, wasn't it like a month ago that Jericho was on the Stone Cold podcast? That's so the I, thing, I, man. I don't understand that's, what the selective ignoring of history uh, I, I think i think stone cold i think stone cold i think stone cold calls Vince mcmahon and said i want to put jericho on the show i think the stone cold got a little more open. i don't know i i don't think because i was reading that the new president of wwe doesn't give a shit and he's just like cut whoever needs to cut he's just um, like where can i trim some money honestly i i this is me just speculating i sense a bit of a power struggle the fact that he cut samoa joe and then triple h called samoa joe two hours later to hire him back to work at NXT. It's a weird situation, quite frankly. Um, I don't know if they fully recognize what they have in Up, Up, Down, Down. It is not insignificant to have a video game channel with two and a half million subscribers that I think a lot of people watch that don't know anything about wrestling. Yep. I think Woods has done a really good job of being out there um, with that channel. And the whole thing where they banned them from being on Twitch, which somehow doesn't apply to NXT people, which I don't understand entirely because Adam Cole's on Twitch every fucking day. Um, so I don't know if they fully understand what they got. Marcus? I was going to say, I don't know much of the inner workings of WWE, but you did share a picture of Vince McMahon at Dave Chappelle's last yeah. comedy thing. I'm pretty sure that was a wax dummy. So who knows what's going on with that corporation? I don't know if he that gives was a not a man shit. I saw that picture. That was a wax sculpture because he literally was melting. <laughs> Every action they take, every action this company does makes me think they're setting up for a sale. But then at the same time, I'll go, 
man, Vince is going to die in that chair. He's not selling this. Like, Bobby, he's but I don't know. Dead. He's to, already dead. To, 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 speak, that around. to speak. Yeah, we got a little weekend at, weekend at Vince's situation going on. To speak a bit more about the significance of up, up, down, down. Um, to give uh, complete accurate numbers, they have 2.26 million subscribers. And the video they released just 12 hours ago of the first round of the left, right, left, right championship, uh, 44,000 views. And as a podcast that just started a YouTube channel, I would love to get 44 views on an episode of ours. I mean, we're not, yeah, we're not comparable. We can't look at our <laughs> numbers and data. <laughs> no, but like, like, like I, I didn't know this. Extrapolate from, something here. Like, I remember when Up, Up, Down, Down started, and like the first one was like Woods and Kofi playing Street Fighter, and the loser had to eat a Carolina Reaper. And like now, apparently, they got a whole like team of ten to fifteen people who just work on Up, Up, Down, Down, and they they cut um they cut Jessamyn Duke. You guys remember her? Yep. The uh, former MMA fighter. They cut her talent contract. She's not a wrestler anymore. They hired her back just as a content creator for Up, Up, Down, Down. So maybe that would be an option for Breeze, but oh, I don't know you. if Breeze Breeze is. I mean, I might think higher of him. I obviously think higher of him than the the company does, but I think Breeze is an incredible wrestler. Like when they watch him in NXT, he reminded me a lot of like Owen Hart. Like he's good everywhere, and the idea that he's done at age thirty four seems odd to me. So I but I don't know if he really is done. He could do that, Mike. I. I honestly don't watch much NXT outside of uh, outside of its takeover, and um, Austin Breeze is Austin get Austin Breeze. Tyler Breeze isn't really on any of the uh, takeovers, so I have rarely ever seen him wrestle. Um, I know him primarily just from Up Up Down Down and um, all of the things he does on there, and he has a great personality. I gotta assume that really translates into the ring. Um, if you were ever able to cut a promo. Um, so I, I know you mentioned earlier this week that him and uh, Sean Spears of AEW have uh, opened up a wrestling school and maybe he wants to devote more time to that now that he's been cut. But mid-30s as a wrestler, unless you've been having a lot of big injuries, I can't imagine him being done and not wanting to wrestle anymore. Yeah, he he's got eight years left. But the way I, he honestly, the way he takes care of himself, he's got at least eight years left. I think. But I also can't imagine him leaving up, up, down, down. Um, if there is someone that's, I mean, obviously Xavier Woods, um, Austin Creed is the most integral part of up, up, down, down. Uh, if there's someone who's number two, it's it's Aust- it's um it's Tyler Breeze. Yeah, that is a. Uh... I uh, I did appreciate that uh, Woods went on Twitch with uh, yeah. Breeze, which he is able to do because it's not his Twitch channel and he's not making money off of it. So he just showed up to play video games with his friend. Um, I don't know, man. I just it really it's a guy. I mean, he's a grown man. He'll be fine. But in terms of a someone who watches this stuff, I subscribe to that YouTube channel. So putting aside the wrestling side of it, this is a hit to the wrestling to the YouTube channel I follow. Samoa Joe getting cut was a hit. You know, the Iconics getting cut was a hit. To, the Iconics getting hit, getting cut was a big hit. I mean, sure, Stefan saw them on Up, Up, Down, Down. They're hilarious whenever they were on there. Um, all these people, they take over. That's a whole different part of their business that they don't. Maybe they just don't care. But I don't know. I don't think two and a half million people watch Raw. I know they don't. So just saying. I don't know. I did something that like it came up and I was like, oh, this sucks. Legitimately sucks. Um, I agree. You guys want to do stuff we like? Yeah. Um, okay. Mind if I just go first? Go nuts. Um, 
I guess one extra thing before I get into the actual stuff I like uh, to uh, piggyback off of uh, the Tyler Breeze uh, news. Um, if you guys listen to what's his name, Hustle and Flow, Bobby. Yeah. JD, um, uh, Josiah Williams. Yeah. Josiah Williams. Yeah. Um, when the news of Tyler Breeze getting getting cut uh, made the, uh, the 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 waves, I went back and listened to Hustle and Flow's uh, "Left Right Left Right" anthem. Um, that will only really matter to people that watch the uh, that watch the stream. But love that song. Um, people that don't watch Up Up Down Down aren't gonna give a shit about that. I don't care. Give it a listen. I still enjoy the song. Um, besides that, getting into sorry, the- yeah, one sorry. more thing before you make it good news. Did you see the clip of uh, Adam Cole was on Twitch when Breeze got cut? Nah, was he sad? Like he like well, he's like he goes his phone goes off and he's just looking at his phone. For like a minute and a half. And he's like, sorry, guys. So, and then he just tries to get back into what he's doing. But you could tell the guy's just a little like, man, my boy's gone. It's, yeah, it sucked. <laughs> back to the happy stuff. Go ahead. <laughs> now, you made me, now you made me sad again. Um, no, it's uh, you. It's got YouTube. A Netflix show that I got recommended that I had been, you know, seen trending for, for a while. A show called Ragnarok. 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 Um, it's, I guess it's a, originally a Norwegian show that uh, Netflix had produced that essentially it's a new age Thor um, where this uh, high school kid, um, I'm still not sure if he's a reincarnation of Thor or if he just gets Thor's power. I, I'm still not entirely sure, uh, seven episodes in, but um, it's the journey of him getting his powers and having to fight the, the frost giants that are in his town of Edda, where I guess historically was the actual last town in Norway to convert from the old Norse gods to Christianity. Um, it's on Netflix. It's, it's a very short series. Um, the first, the first season is only five episodes and the second season is only five episodes as well. So it's something very easy to get into and get out of. Um, not so many episodes. Um, I highly recommend it. I basically binged uh, seven of the episodes during this weekend. So if you have a little bit of time, uh, give Ragnarok a shot. This is Thor, the Norse, not the Marvel story. Thor of Norse mythology, right? Yeah, not not Thor of Marvel, no. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll go real quick. Honestly, I thought I'd come on this week to give you guys a real in-depth breakdown of Fast 9. Um, apparently, a lot of other people saw Fast and Furious 9. I'm uh, not seeing it until next weekend. But damn, $70 million. Vin Diesel out here pushing our AMC stock, stock Mike. That's right. Seven, That's bucks right Vin. Seven bucks today, baby. That's right. I, um, like I finished Miles Morales, uh, the Spider-Man game, finally. I was telling Steph and Mark that I really... I played all the side missions I could to drag this bitch out. Um, but then I started, I was trying to figure out the uh, the audio track game, not a game, the audio track missions where you try to find the beat. I told, told you the mini game, Bobby, there's one side quest you're going to hate, and it's those sons of bitches. I, I mean, honestly, I was just like, is this racist? I was trying to figure out, I'm like, we gotta, <laughs> I'm like, is this racist for doing this? And then I was just like, ah, I just don't care. I just, I did like three of them, and I'm like, fuck this. Um, and then I, uh, yeah, I beat the game. It was, uh, man, these games are awesome. You guys know this. You guys both, you guys all play Miles Morales? 
I actually saw you playing it yesterday, and I decided, fuck it, it's 30 bucks on a PlayStation Network, and y'all know I love me uh, stuff that's 50% off. So I bought it, and I started actually playing it today. It's uh, really good. I like the... Um... The differences between that and the, uh, the the first Spider-Man game with like your different powers, the um, the Venom, you know, stuff that's pretty badass. Um, it the problem with that I was always forget how to do shit. Like I turn the game back on, I have to reteach myself everything. I thought the story was really good. Um, and yeah, it made me. Uh, I was telling Mark this. I think it'd be really cool for the next one if you can play as both, or maybe they make some sort of online co-op. Which again, no one seems to care about online co-op, um, but I think that'd be a really fun thing to do. Like if like Mike and I were playing, and like I hop into his game as Miles Morales, and he hops into my game as Peter Parker, and we complete, you know, that shit like that. I think that'd be really fun. Um, I downloaded Ratchet and Clank and MLB The Show, and this is just a pro tip for the four of you that have PS5s. When you're in the PlayStation Store, when you're trying to buy a game, make sure you buy the PS5 version of the game, or you gotta talk to Sony support. They're just not. I I got in the I got in the virtual queue and it said you're 188th in line and I'm like, oh boy, oh boy. But then three minutes later I was 152. I'm like, I wonder if how many of these people are just saying, yo, can I get a PS5? And the Sony bot just saying, no, go away. Um, but yeah, um, I'm gonna play a little uh, MLB the Show, a little Ratchet and Clank, tell you guys how it is. Um, but Ratchet and Clank, Mark, you sold me it was a Spider-Man people made it, huh? Yeah, it's Insomniac. They have just been busting out games. I mean, they obviously probably have like two internal development teams because there's no way a one development team can make Miles Morales last year and then turn around and produce Ratchet and Clank. And they also, you know, we talked about every now and then they are claiming that they did not have to do crunch to get Ratchet and Clank out, which is a huge problem in the industry. So like hats off to them, man. They're, they're, They're just busting out killers. So I was a little surprised. This is a side note. And I don't know why that I thought that Maybe the Miles Morales in the game would be same universe. I mean, this wasn't a surprise when I finished the first Spider-Man game, but I thought maybe the Miles Morales video game would be linked to the Into the Spider-Verse, like that version of Miles. Yeah, the costume. And it's not. This is closer. Yeah, but he's get. not. This, but it's not the same. You know, they guy. established it's a, different- a gaming universe, and they started making comment comics with like that Peter Parker. So you, you know, Marvel well, because they're in the different time. Yeah, because in the. Well, in the, yeah, because in the movie, it's totally different. Anyway, yeah, um, that was it. And I also got to the episode of King of the Hill, where you all wanted me to get to, folks. About a purse, that's right. I got to episode, season six, episode one. That's not my purse. (laughs) Hank, we're going to have to suspend your boy. Can't have him going around (laughs) kicking other people in the testicles. (laughs) The thing about me is. Bobby's finest hour. The thing about me is you don't know when I'm going to strike. Pow! Maybe right now. <laughs> Again, I'm Bobby Hill, man, has already reached top 10 all-time TV character for me. Just me watching these six these. Well, I'm not even finished the sixth season, so. Watch King of the Hill. Fuck, you have, you have Hulu. You bought the package with Disney Plus? Watch King of the Hill. Um. Anyway, Steph, what do you got? Uh, y'all knew. Um, yeah, mentions it's summertime. Uh, I had this trip kind of a long time coming. I did a trip down to Disneyland for the weekend with my fam. Uh, split my time with Queen California Adventure and Disneyland. A um, little bit older now. It's hot. Global warning is burning up the skies. 
uh, had a couple small children, you know, parents are getting a little bit older. You're not going to go as ham at the parks as you may have once have, but that was fine by me because honestly, each park was really about doing the new stuff. Um, talking about the Avengers Campus in California Adventure. I'm talking about Galaxy's Edge um, over in uh, Disneyland proper. Uh, I believe this is the second year now of Galaxy's Edge, but it may as well be the first, right? Because shortly after it opened, the world kind of shut down. So only a handful of people I knew ever got a chance to check it out. Um, Avengers Campus has only been open about a month. Meanwhile, um, absolutely loved them both. Um, I was talking to the guys while I was there, sending some photos and stuff. Um, It was amazing. You know, um, I mentioned to Mark today, unfortunately, you know, I wanted to do everything at Avengers Campus. A lot of shit sold out. You know, um, there's these giant Choco Smash bars, uh, the PIM testing, tasting lab for all these drinks. Supposed to come in fun beaker cups and PIM particle things, part of the, like, you know, your souvenirs you take home. All that shit sold out. Um, the stuff I did try, everything was really cool. I had the shawarma. Um, it's funny, the shawarma stand, I bought this uh, drink holding Captain America light up gauntlet cup holder. There's so much kind of like campy stuff. You see the characters, you know, going around. Uh, we had a army of Dora Milaje uh, soldiers. They came out and they did like a thing with the spears to do in demonstration. You kind of have Loki walking around in his current TVA like kind of outfit. You know, you'll see the uh, Avengers headquarters where they do random stunt shows. You'll see Spider-Man is doing these random stunt shows. Uh, they have like a robot where they fire it into the air and it like looks like it's all living and then he crashes. It's really crazy how they do it. Um, one thing I love about both Avengers Campus and the new uh, Galaxy's Edge area is something I noticed versus like other parts of the park. They are constantly playing like the theme music of the movie. So you kind of always have this ambient soundtrack. And it's actually amazing what that does for your experience that you always kind of have like the thematic music playing on. It really, really gets you in there. There are tons of photo opportunities. There's really only the one ride so far is the uh, Spider-Man Web Slingers. It's a uh, dark ride that's interactive. It's um, If you've been to California Adventure, one of their most popular rides is the Toy Story ride where you have like this gun and you have like, you know, these 3D screens where you shoot stuff. Uh, Web Slingers is pretty much the same concept. They sell like an Iron Man gauntlet or web shooters to give you additional powers. But otherwise, you know, you kind of just do with your hands. You do the flip motion, shooting the web. Uh, let me tell you, that is the most physically exhausting ride I have ever participated in. Who would have told you that you have to do this like a thousand times in this 10 minute ride? And like you have a robots that you have to defeat and you are fucking exhausted at the end of it. But, um, you know, it was gives really you, cool. Uh, gives you an appreciation for uh, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, huh? I was like, I was like, that's why you want they want you to buy the damn gauntlet. So you don't have to work so hard. But uh, it, it was it's truly a blast, you know, like of all my nerddoms, Marvel Comics probably runs deepest for me, you know. So just being in this like it's like I said, I really didn't need the rest of California Adventure. Pixar is great. It's wonderful. Whatever. I don't care anymore. Like, I just want Marvel Land to basically take over the park and let's just call it Marvel Land. You know, um, that said, uh, over at Disneyland the following day, uh Holy shit, you know, Star Wars has taken some lumps in recent years, right? A lot of fervor really died until the Mandalorian kind of reignited, like, kind of the passion and love of it. But, you know, Avengers Campus, there's still a lot of stuff in development. It, it still is, you know, it's not fully raring to go. But I think with a year in the books, uh, Galaxy's Edge has kind of honed what they're doing. Um, I can't tell you what it felt like walking into it. Um, one, it's not in Tomorrowland, as I would have expected. 
is actually over in Frontierland. Um, you know, I guess there was just more space to carve out. But when you walk in, they do an amazing job at the immersion. You feel like you walked into a new planet. Like they have these like ambient like rock formations and tall buildings that kind of cover your skyline. You don't see the rest of the park. You don't hear Matterhorn over there. You don't see Thunder Mountain going by you. Like you're encapsulated in this whole area and you feel like you're going through like a Jakku, a Moss Eisley. Like you're in this little like dirty cantina town. All the workers there, they stay in character. You, nothing. It doesn't cost $50, Mark. It's 50 credits. You know, mm-hmm. they, they really mm-hmm. talk to you about like, oh, yes, Master Yoda said you got to go here. So sometimes it's hard to get a straight answer when you just uh, want to know where the bathroom is. What's, but, the ex- what's the exchange rate on dollars to credits? It's probably worse. It's it's not based on how much my bank account went down. It's not good, Mike. It's definitely not good. Uh, when I went to the bathroom, I got like alien jazz playing on in some nonsense languages. That's jizz. That's jizz. <laughs> they, uh, it, they named it that, not me, but we have to correct it. Um, it is just so funny. You know, yes, they, they, you know, in the cantina when those little stupid aliens are, yeah, it is officially called. It's not jazz because it's aliens. So they call it jizz. And I think back in the seventies, that was kosher. That was, that no, something co- no one raised an eyebrow, but in today's climate, is like okay, that's a little <laughs> off brand for the Star Wars franchise. But I don't, it know, is I, I don't know if anybody's playing. It's an amazing bingo, but I'm not sure if jizz was a square or ass play, but. <laughs> If you had those, it's a real boon for you today, folks. Anyways, Mark, so you're saying we got to buy another Val. We got to buy a different Val for the Alien Jazz. Um, it, it, it was just super cool, though. I did the Star Wars build a lightsaber experience. Mark, I told you, it's stupidly expensive. But when you're standing there and you're doing it, you got children, you got grown middle-aged men older than you. Everyone's a dork in that moment, you know, when you choose your color kyber crystal. For the record, I chose green. Ma was a good green. guy in the games you choose. And then, but then it's so fun when the when night came up and all us nerds started lighting up our like lightsabers, walking it around with it. You know, anyone who has like the red sabers are kind of mean mugging, like the blue and green sabers. Uh, there's always the one person in the park who chose purple, a very not popular color, but um, it's it's just so fun. And I gotta say, so there's two rides on it. Uh, there's the uh, Rise of the Resistance and what is the other one called Smuggler's Run? What's up, Bob? Yeah, there there aren't that many purples. People don't like purple. Do people not like Samuel L. Jackson. Look, I don't. I'm not. I'm making just an observation. There's one group of people who choose purple, and I was I, I was about to ask, are there no black people at Disneyland? Not, I'm not making a statement. I'm just making my observation on my attendance. Well, okay, legitimate question, Mike. What color would you get? I think I would get purple. Um. That's racist. Well, hey, I'm bo- I wait, wait, wait. not pick purple. Can you not get BMF engraved into it like he did? Because I feel that should be a feature. That should be because the, they they let him engrave BMF into his lightsaber. Give me the full Star Wars experience, man. Are you a BMF? Uh, did you earn the right that Samuel L. did? That's true. Well, let me tell you, out of the people here, one of us carried a bad motherfucker wallet around for a few years, deserved or not. Uh, <laughs> okay. To answer your question, if I had a choice. I would pick a white lightsaber like from Knights of the Old Republic. So oh, you this said nerd. this said you do not get to choose those. You can go to the shop where you can buy additional colors. And there oh, I did. So that shit I, is extra. Yeah, oh, so I, I did buy so the thing is it's fun, you know, you choose your color for the if you're gonna do the whole experience. But they have the whole shop where you can um buy different colors. I bought a yellow one 
Um, I bought the red one because there is a chase. One in a hundred red ones is actually a black crystal, and you get the dark saber. Um, so I didn't get it. The force was not with me. But you can choose a white saber, Mike. You can choose a white saber. Um, question for you. Yes. How much did this fake ass sword cost you? Just give me a ballpark. Uh, the experience ball. is two hundred. So um, you right. they, that's not, that's actually not that bad. So at the store, you can buy what are called the legacy lightsabers. And so what you're going to get there is like the handles of the established characters. You can buy Kylo's. One of the cool ones, because I just, you know, you don't get a good look at the movie. You get to see Leia's lightsaber. You can see Rey's, you know, classic Obi-Wan, Anakin. Uh, those run about 150 for like the high-end lightsabers. The um, When you do the experience, besides getting to do the whole experience, they give you a carrying case for it. Like, so it's a protective case. So that's part of was built into the extra uh, king. I got a little handle, so if you take the blade off and you just have the hilt of the lightsaber, display it on your shelves, you know? Um, but it is a cool thing, you know, you get the different colors. I was saying, you know, the crystals are actually interactive things. I was explain to Mark, they sell uh, Sith and Jedi holocron boxes, and if you put your crystal into it, um, you hear voice lines of a character, so you find out who's, what Jedi or Sith Lord's crystal do you have, you know? So if you choose a green one, you put it in, you'll have Yoda, Luke, Qui-Gon. You put in blue, you'll have young Anakin, Obi-Wan. Um, I think yellow is Rey. I think white is Ahsoka Tano. So, like, uh, red can be any number of Asajj Ventress, uh, Count did Dooku, etc. Apologize. Did you also look at the droid stuff? or We did the droid stuff. But yeah, my uh, sister and niece wanted to do the droid thing. The droid thing, I think, runs a bit cheaper. Um, like, 90 or 100 ish like half the price but yeah you can they added uh you can build bb8 style ball droids now previously it was like two astromech styles either uh r2d2 or i'm blanking on the name the red and white one with the bad motivator we see him again in the mandalorian he's been patched up um but yeah it's honestly i i would i would be so boring i would just go there and say give me fucking r2d2 I mean, That's who I'd want. I'm like, just give me R2D2. Nothing wrong with I mean, being classic. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about the rides. So uh, the Smuggler's Run is kind of cool. It's a six-person interactive ride. You have two people who are pilots. You have two people who are gunners and two people who are engineers. And there's actually... So it's kind of like a souped-up version of Star Tours because you're kind of in a pod. It's clearly like a motion simulator. But you get scores and everything. Like, our, our pilot sucked by the way. <laughs> so they crashed a lot. So that <laughs> meant there had to, engineers had to do a lot of work. I had a very low accuracy rate as a gunner. My sister, I noticed, was not pressing the shooting button at any point because she just wanted to watch the ride. And I'm like, why is only the right gun firing? Why are we, why is our score so terrible? Uh, it was really cool. But a funny story was, so when we're lined up and, you know, they break you out into groups, you put you in the pods. Uh, so it was uh, three members of my family, and there was a couple from South America in the front. And uh, when they assigned us, uh, they assigned you by colors. All right, you guys are the blue group. You guys are the red group. So it got to us, like, you guys are the brown group. And it was oh an boy. old white man who assigned us. And I was like, is this racist? <laughs> is this, uh, <laughs> is why, why are the Filipinos and the South Americans the brown team? What, what is, why is brown one of the colors in the Star Wars ride? But uh, that said, the one I really want to highlight is the Rise of the Resistance ride. Um, I don't, Mark, I, did you ever watch a video of it? I think I've seen clips. That's like where you're, you're taking like a tour, kind of like a base or something, it's, right? It's like, it's basically that ride showed me what the future of rides are, right? We've all been to a theme park. We've been on a roller coaster or whatever. And they, there's kind of a certain thing to them. This Rise of the Resistance ride, it reinvents what a ride can be. Like, 
I kept reading, well, I read a little bit about it, but I didn't want to be spoiled. And they kept saying, calling it, it's not a ride, it's an experience. And I'm like, that's some hokey advertising nonsense. And then I went on it and I'm like, yo, that shit is an experience. Like, parts of waiting are like the ride. I, I mean, if you guys don't want spoilers, you know, feel free to like, you know, mute or tune out here. Um, but it just starts with like, you walk onto a tarmac, you see Pose kind of like, or no, it starts with like you go into a room where you get a video, like holographic Ray explaining this mission that we have to go on. It kind of like Star Tours, you know, where you kind of get the whole spiel of what are we doing? And then you go onto this tarmac, you see Pose, black and orange X-Wing, and there's like kind of a giant transport ship, like a Admiral Akbar species guy, but not Admiral Akbar as your pilot. So you kind of go on this big transport ship, and it's like, okay, it looks like it's just parked on the tarmac, but apparently it's a motion thing itself, because once you get on it, you feel it lifting, you start getting this video package, you're like, all right, here's our mission we're doing, but then all of a sudden, you see a Star Destroyer in the thing. And oh no, it's locked on on our tractor beams and we're getting sucked in and you're feeling the ship shake. And it's like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? We're sucked in. And then this is the thing I didn't, you know, I didn't know was coming. And I just, this is where I became a fucking five-year-old child. And everyone was like, oh shit. Cause then the door opens and what do you see? You are on a Star Destroyer docking bay. There is a fleet of stormtroopers outside. All the staff are Imperial officers. You see the giant X-wings in the bay. And they're all in character. They're ordering, like, step off the ship. You know, they take you to an interrogation room where a fucking mechanical, like, uh, Kylo Ren is about to interrogate you. But then, oh, shit, all of a sudden a lightsaber is cutting a hole in the door. And it opens. And here's the resistance here to rescue you. So then you're funneled out of there. And you're on this whole escape thing. And then, you know, there's another part where it actually is, like, you're sitting in the car and it's a motion ride. But they incorporated so many 3D and practical effects where, like, you're experiencing the, the animatronics. It's, it's just crazy. Um, you know, like I said, Star Wars, there's been a lot of bad Star Wars recently. So the fervors died down. But I feel like having gone on this ride, like it felt like Star Wars was the coolest thing in the world. And I just said I cared about Marvel above all else on this trip. But that's where I just really give kudos for whatever this ride is. And like, you know, with the world opening back up, if y'all can make it to California Adventure, if y'all can make it to Disneyland, it is a dent in your wallet, but man, was it worth the experience. I had a goddamn blast. I bought a million things. Uh, I'll show all the fellas that later when we're off air because I don't need us to go long when we're having a short episode. But um, yeah, I made it down to the uh, world's happiest place, and it was a goddamn blast. Marcus. Yeah, uh, jumped into gaming again. Uh, it had been a while since anything has really pulled my interest or I've gotten kind of... You know, really enthralled in a couple games, and I have quite a bit to talk about uh, this week. So last week, uh, Dungeon and Dragons Dark Alliance came out. This is a four-person hack and slash loot-based type of game that are very popular. You know, games as a service type of deal. Um, and I will say, while enjoyable playing with others, because I did have a good time, and I continue, and I want to continue playing it. Um, it's definitely rough around the edges. Um, as far as these games go, like I think there's even more issues with this one than something like Avengers, which had its own issues and gripes. But like, f- and I'm not someone that gets really bogged down with like frame rate or screen tearing. That stuff usually doesn't bother me so much. But um, it's pretty egregious in this game, where you know enemies will kind of freeze for a second and then spawn and do an attack that you weren't seeing coming. And sometimes you get you know some cheap deaths and stuff. But overall, still had a really good experience playing it. Uh, and still want to play more. And I will say, you know, 
of the highlights of the game, I think one of the things it really does excel at is the level design is really kind of complex and uh, intricate, but really pays off. You know, the, the game does a good job of telling you where you're supposed to go. And often there is a fork in the road and, it, you know, you always like, well, I'm supposed to go that way. Let's go the other way to get the extra little treasures or what have you. Um, and how the levels in and of themselves kind of loop into each other and the paths kind of do converge back again um, is really well done. Um, the combat itself, I think, is fairly ho-hum. It's nothing too crazy. Um, and the story, the problem with games like this in story is that it's highly recommended that you're playing with a group. It's just as a single player game, it's not going to get it done. Um, as a group, it's much more enjoyable, but when you're in a group, you're usually chatting. Um, and so story beats and elements outside of like major cutscenes, I'm not really picking up on, which is a shame because it does seem like they went the extra length to have specialized dialogue, depending on what characters you're bringing. We just did one mission where they mentioned like, usually you can do a squad of four, but there's just three of us. And they mentioned like, oh, well, the three of us will get this done. It's like, oh, they went the extra effort to make a unique dialogue for this mission and not having a full party, which I thought was interesting that, you know, a lot of games don't do. Um, and another thing I will say that is nice about it, it, it's not a full price game. You know, it comes in at $39.99, which honestly, when I first bought it, I was like, that gave me some hesitations. Like, okay, if they're not charging full price, you know, they know what the product is and that it's not quite a full fledged kind of deal. And it, the first loading screen you see with the full four characters kind of staring at the screen like we're in a moment in gaming where like graphics are just top notch and this game is definitely below it and when you look at that loading screen it's like i it feels like i'm playing a ps3 game but it's still like i said very enjoyable i've had a good time and i continue and i want to continue playing it um another game that also i think kind of you know shot below itself or i had more anticipation for was uh, mario golf power shot I don't know what the little or super rush, um, what the little subtitle is. Uh, I haven't put a ton of time into this to be fair, but the time I have put in, I think just playing the regular golf is totally enjoyable. I'm totally down just to play 18 holes of regular ass golf where I'm not running and chasing the ball and chasing all my other friends. Um, the problem with that is that you don't get a lot of courses from the outstart. I think you have two courses and I think where you play the camp, the career mode, you gain the other courses, so I'm trying to play through that, and that's the career so far has been a little underwhelming. And that they've obviously put a lot of time into it. They've there's a lot more assets in this game that they didn't need, they didn't need to make interior houses and a 3D model all these other characters and make a little town that I'm running through because like honestly it's just like I'm gonna talk to a Koopa about golfing and there's another Koopa over there like oh, what what are all these fucking Koopas gonna say about golfing like just get me into the golfing let's golf already. Um, but there is some, you know, game mechanics in here that, you know, someone that has played the latest Everyone Loves Golf and a lot of the Hot Shots games and a couple of Mario Golfs in the past, like there's different types of setups here that I'm still trying to get the hang of. Um, but overall, I found it to be enjoyable. Um, I don't, I think it's an interesting take to have this whole game mechanic where you're basically playing real golf and that like I hit the golf ball and now I have to go run after it, which in and of itself would, and I think most games skip it because it's boring as dirt just to have your character walk across a green. But the, you know, the whole spiel here is that like you're racing against your friends and you have special dash moves and stuff like that, which is, I think, interesting. I think when you're in this number of iterations on a golf game, you do have to kind of change it up to keep people interested. I don't know if this really 
is like the most engaging thing in the world. But, you know, I applaud them for taking a shot at it. And again, I've enjoyed the game. It just hasn't. I think I had a higher expectations. And I think maybe it was like, okay, I need to earn these other golf courses. So let me go through this career mode. And the career mode just, I'm usually all for trying to get like immersed in a game and really get like, oh, I am my me, Mark, <laughs> playing golf with fucking Birdie and a Boo Ghost and the big football player from Super Mario World that like was never in any other game. He's in there and they're like ragging on me thinking I'm not going to win the rookie tournament. It's just like, I, don't, I, I, I had a hard time getting kind of into it, but I enjoyed what was there. Um, there's been a couple games that I've been playing outside of that, a couple oldies, but goodies. Um, I mentioned ever since Virtual Fighter 5 came out, I gave it a shot and then I got into the online and I'm still fucking playing that thing online a lot and really liking it. Um, I'm definitely getting to the higher tiers at this point where like I am just getting fucking owned. But like I mentioned a couple episodes, like I know enough about the games, like I know why I'm getting owned. Like these guys know good combo strings, they know how to get one hit and give me 70 damage or whatever. And I'm just not at that level. Um, but like I know enough to hold my own and to have a good match, even though like I'm outmatched, I'll still win a round or two and not feel like, okay, I'm just like completely outclassed. Um, so that's been a ton of fun. And the last game I want to mention, this is one that came out in 2019 and it's always been kind of a guilty pleasure indie darling. Um, it's called lonely mountain downhill and it's very, I mean, artistically it's simplistic. The game itself is fairly simplistic. You're basically just riding these downhill hill trails, but what I really like about the game is that when you first get a trail, your first little mission is just beat the trail. There's check marks. Just go through it at your leisure. There's no, you know, no time attack or anything like that. And then to earn the next trail, you have to beat that trail again. But I only have so many crashes. So it's kind of like when I do that, it's like, OK, I don't need to bust my ass going fast or trying to find like secret shortcuts and stuff. I just have to be careful, take my time. And I really like that type of pacing in a game where it's like we're rewarding precision over like hyperactive like speed and then they do have the same things where it's like you need now you need to beat the get through the whole trail in like three minutes and then i in that kind of time trial stuff usually doesn't really you know get me too excited i really don't like being under the clock and rushed but mm-hmm. what's cool about lonely mountain downhill with the time trials is that there's a bunch of checkpoints so it's just like and once you start a checkpoint if you die again you just go back to that checkpoint your time doesn't keep running you got to start all over again so it really encourages you to get to know the paths and to look for all these little shortcuts which there's just thousands of little shortcuts you can take to cut off a couple of seconds here and there so i really like that game that game came out a couple years ago and it's still something like when i'm just looking through my library it's like you know what that's just a cool chill ass game i don't have to be super stressed i can take my time getting back into it um, that I've really been enjoying. Um, so lastly, I did want to mention a couple shows that started up again that we haven't mentioned mentioned on the show. Um, last week was the premiere of Rick and Morty came back. And as Adult Swim and uh, Cartoon Network does, they let you get that first taste for free. Yum, yum, yum. I ate it up. And then episodes two and three came out this week. And I'm like, all right, Wait, Rick and Morty's on Hulu. Two and three? I think so. That's what I read somewhere. But maybe not, because I didn't see. I only saw reviews for two, but I saw some places said they were doing both of them this week. But anyways, I was like, okay, Rick and Morty's on Hulu. Rick and Morty's on HBO now. One of these fuckers has got to have the next day broadcast, and I guess Hulu does not. So I don't know when I'm going to see the rest of season five. But I really enjoyed that first episode. It wasn't anything like super crazy. It was just classic, back to classic Rick and Morty hijinks, and I really liked it. They had a a Namor like character that I thought was. Fantastic. Do you, Stefan, do you remember the name? Like Mr. Mr. Nimbus. Mr. Nimbus. He's going to be saying that a lot. Mr. Nimbus. And I still forgot his name. 
Um, yeah, so I've really been enjoying that. And then um, another show that is totally a guilty pleasure, but um, I watch it with Christine. We love it. It's really fun. It's on its third se- season now. It's called Making It. This is with this is with Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman, and it's just a fucking wholesome ass show. And I'm gonna spoil the first episode because whatever, whatever, you know what. It's always kind of weird. He's like, it's super wholesome. Everyone's all lovey-dovey, and we're just here to like make crafts and just like express our unique selves. And then, but it's also a game show, right? So like every week, like, well, we do have to eliminate somebody because somebody's crafts weren't up to task this week, and they need to go. So the first episode, they're doing their whole thing, and everyone does great on their little crafts and stuff, and they look great and awesome. And they're like, we got a twist this season, like on this episode no one gets eliminated and they're like oh we're all gonna stay for another week which seems nice because like the first week you know one guy doesn't get it you know one of the people doesn't get to tell their whole story about like oh i grew up and this is how craft made me a better person or whatever but the kicker on it was like not only are we not getting rid of anybody we're bringing on three more people it's like what the fuck is this show you can't bring on more people you gotta start cutting people not bringing more on i imagine i think they did say like okay well next week we are gonna start cutting people like it is a game show it has to be one winner at the end of it but um just a super nice wholesome show you know and um something that i've always really enjoyed i think amy and nick obviously had a ton of chemistry I think their chemistry made Parks and Rec, you know, one of the many pillars that made that show so great. But to see them kind of continue on and they're not they're playing themselves. But Nick is very much that character in the show. He is just a craftsman and, you know, they're doing little pun offs and stuff. It's a really fun show. I, I totally recommend it. I guess the shitty aspect is because of Peacock. I think seasons one and two aren't on Hulu anymore. It's all on the Peacock network. But because of the weird tv deal they're doing one day delays on hulu for the first season three so that's that's cool i'm glad i'm glad it's not only on peacock because i just wouldn't fucking be watching it then um but yeah that's what i got this week you could have used my peacock i still have peacock for another i guess they say it's free they right they say it's free but there's there is a free version but i I never looked into it no the five dollar version's got commercials too that's a hulu bullshit (laughs) no the ten dollar one is the one that's Commercial for I don't know I got the five, five, five I got the five dollar one I still got to see commercials that well bullshit. I got I, I bought four months for ten dollars yeah, so I got a hard time bad. complaining about any of it so I'm just you know I'm gonna try to pay my respects to Mick Foley and watch you know Hell in a Cell once a year on the anniversary that's what Peacock's sure for at this point you know by the time Mick almost died um, well we said it was gonna be a short episode so it was still seventy five minutes long that's how we do um, we liked a lot of stuff do. you I I got sent to Disneyland what could there I do was a shit place? ton of stuff to like this week. I'm just here to tell you guys about games that are a little bit old and TV shows that are about 15 years too old here. Anyway, Bobby Hill, man, you could you could build your life around that man's wisdom. You get to it when uh, you get to it. Exactly. Um, all right, boys and girls, we'll be back next week. I'm um, gonna talk uh, a little Fast and the Furious Nine. Hopefully, I will have seen it. I hope Mike will have seen it by then too. I'm because am- I don't think anybody. Else- I'm amazed I haven't seen it yet. I will have seen it by next Monday. Yeah, I'm gonna try to see it next Saturday. Um, or this and you Saturday, know what, fellas? Spoil away, because I don't care. No, I don't give two shits. Do you think we know what's happening in these things? What do you mean? They just there's something we need to accomplish. Tell me about what new superpowers yeah. these random car thieves have now. Who got welcomed oh, yeah. into the family this time? I mean, I think you, literally, you know, John you got Cena. There you yeah, go. John you knew Cena. someone was joining the family. They can't have a, a fast. Whatever, without someone joining the You know, the, it's not when someone shows up and they're the bad guy. The key is two movies later when they have a baby face. Turn, turn. And, yeah. 
And let's, like when not Jason forget, Statham... let's not forget the return of Han in this movie. That's right. Han is back. See, that's why uh, Jason Statham could turn. He didn't actually oh, kill him. Uh, Bow Wow, yeah. I heard, is in this movie. Um, what about Lucas... QB1? Is QB1 I was about to say Lucas, back? Lucas Black. He was, he was in the last one, wasn't he? he? It was like a cameo little thing. Yeah. Like, Vin Diesel does a hop, skip, and a jaunt over to Japan to get like yeah. one question answered. Where it's like, my guy, no, no. he, ta- he takes out. Hans get that shit figured yo, out real quick. Yo, the, there's that one where he just he takes Han's body home, which I'm like, isn't Han Japanese? What what happened? Why are we taking his? Why are you taking his body to Los Angeles? You're taking his body away from his family. What what's this move, Vin? I love these movies. Um. All right, yeah, and we're going to preview this Conor McGregor big card. card. Um, yep. Well, it's a big card, and that Conor McGregor is on it. Um, is there, I mean, there's other shit on there. Gilbert Burns, Stephen Thompson, that should be good. Uh, we got Ty Tuivasa versus uh, Greg Hardy. I swear oh. Ty Tuivasa got cut. I'm serious. I, I read that he got cut. Greg, I don't know what happened. Greg Hardy dusted him off for this one. Did Greg Hardy beat somebody that he's gotten? Uh, whatever. Um, Irene, uh, Irene Aldana versus Yana Kunitskaya. That's a good one, Steph, right there. Yeah. We're going to see our, see uh, who comes out of that Bantamweight fight. Sean O'Malley, Luis Smolka. Um, it's it going to be interesting to see why Sean O'Malley deals with somebody as big as Luis Smolka. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a striker, but he is tall and very long. And if it goes to the mat, I'm pretty confident O'Malley is getting turned into a pretzel. So he should probably keep it standing because he'll probably knock him out that way. Anyway, back next week. Thank you all for listening so much. Um, you guys have a good 4th of July. Um, go America. America. Yeah. Just get vaccinated. America does that well. You know, pushing We the got a lot out. of them. Not everyone's we taking got a lot them, of them, but we got the stock. If you want to come on by. Yeah. You, you know what? Honestly, you can be cold-hearted like me when you read stories like, in these states, only 30% are vaccinated, and, those, and the unvaccinated are especially vulnerable to the new variant. I'm like... Well, they should probably do something about that. Let's move on with my day. <laughs> See you all in a few months for quarantine part two. Right on. All right, guys. Thank you all. Thank you all. Um, I was Dr. Law. That was Kid Presentable. That was DJ Mark. And that was Laminar Gooms. See you all next week. Peace out. See ya. See ya.